Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger. Took a little time off, Baldy. I, I kind of pulled from your page. I wanted to yep. go, you know, out there and, and get amongst the uh, – be, be out there scuba and, and snorkeling and doing all the fun things that you get a chance to do. What did you What did you get to see, Carl? What, what, uh, you know, what we were down – across that mask of you? <laughs> we were down in Mexico and uh, had a great vacation. Uh, my daughter just graduated from high school. She's getting ready to go to college in the okay. fall. Um, and so, you know, we, we just did a kind of a, a little getaway. But, yeah, man, you know, th- there's so many great places to go snorkel and, and certainly dive, right? And one of our good friends is a – I mean, he's huge. He goes all around the world. He's been to see all these different things uh, in diving, with diving. And uh, the mm-hmm. coral reefs, man, I mean, when you see them up close and personal, I mean, it's beautiful, right? I mean, yeah. I've done it. We've done it for a long time when we've gone to these places, but it's just you take it for granted, Baldy. You know what I mean? You just no, kind of like you're in awe. Yeah, I know. And they're dying, you know, and there's a lot of reasons why a lot of the coral dying. Uh, not that this is, uh, you know, an environmental show here, here Carl. But <laughs> well, we're just when letting, you see, when you see a, like a really fresh, you know, um, colorful uh, coral reef and the fish that are all feeding off it, uh, you just are reminded of the circle of life and the food chain and everything that's so important to, so that, you know, we can sustain life. So it's, uh, you know, it's, that's special down there, Carl. I love it. Yeah, it is, man. No doubt. All right, Baldy, let's talk some football uh, as I, I get back. I hope you can say I'm tanned. I got the extra light on maybe a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. Let, let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I love Hop. He's a yep. free agent. They let him go. The Cardinals let him go. This is potentially now one of the big offseason moves that somebody's going to land, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Browns. I don't know where he ends up going. Here's what I do think, though. Baldy, it's rare that a wide receiver goes to a team and changes the complexity of that team, right? We've seen it time and time again. You go pick up a big-time wide receiver, they don't really have that kind of impact that takes you to the Super Bowl. But with that said, if he goes somewhere where there's already – a core group of guys and he can add to that, then you don't need D hop to have 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Maybe the circumstances are different, but I am just skeptical about everybody going crazy. Oh, I want my team to add D hop. Most times guys, wide receivers don't go to teams 
and propel them to the Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen. It's, it's, it's great point. It's great point. I mean, Randy Moss went to New England, probably the best you know acquisition they ever made. 20, caught twenty three touchdown passes. They were undefeated until they weren't undefeated in the Super Bowl. Um, now there's no Randy Moss. He's not. I'm not comparing DeAndre to Randy Moss. <clears throat> Very good player. Like for example, I, I've just been to the Jets and Eagles this week. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit. But like, if let's just say. You know, because Howie Roseman always seems to find, you know, enough cap space to fit anybody in. Yeah. But if you look at the Eagles and you go, okay, A.J. Brown is a true number one. He's a beast. He is a hell of a player and he's young. You know, you've got Devontae Smith, who could be a number one in a lot of teams. Very good player. You have a lot of role players around at Quez Watkins, you know, different guys like that. They've got some good tight ends, you know, in Dallas Goddard. They're a run first team. Uh, Jalen's a big part of that. Uh, they have a huge and deep stable of running backs. We'll see how healthy they all stay. But if you added DeAndre Hopkins to that mix, it changes everything. Like, is he the number one? Does is AJ Brown happy? Does you know Devontae get his touches? Like, there's only you know there's 70 plays in a game, maybe. So DeAndre is used to getting 12, 15 touches in a game, wherever he's been, Houston, Arizona. Like, he's not getting that in Philadelphia. And if he does, who's going to be happy with it? And does it change the way that they win games? That's just one team. If he goes to the Jets, there's, you know, I'm watching Aaron Rodgers work with, you know, uh, Garrett, you know, Garrett Wilson and the whole, like, it changes things. So it it is a very complex puzzle where DeAndre goes. If he goes to the Giants, they just added a bunch of receivers. Uh, to this mix, uh, including Darren Waller. Like, it changes the dynamics, Carl, and it's not quite as easy as fantasy football players and players <laughs> want to think. Like, oh, we'll just plug him in the middle of the Yankees lineup, let him go hit home runs. It's not Aaron Judge. It's not free agent. It's not the designated hitter. And so that's why he hasn't been scooped up just yet, in addition to commanding a pretty good salary. Yeah, and, you know, June 1st, obviously, we're here. June 1st, uh, post-designation cuts, allowing some teams to, to uh, gather some more money to have potentially to, to use. But you're not going to spend your whole, you know, uh, amount on, on DeAndre Hopkins. You still need to have some in savings there, as we know, yeah. for teams that need to make moves and things that happen during the season. It's an interesting thing that's going to play out, guys, because to Baldy's point, if he does go to a team that is loaded with, with weapons like the Jets – Again, I just don't think he has to do what he did when he was in Houston, when he was the premier number one wide receiver. The problem is, Baldy, you just said it. He wants to be paid like the premier wide receiver, the number one guy. Is he willing to take less to go to a team that is ready to win now? That's really going to be the question. So, you know, as these guys get older, you know, the money's great. But I don't know if that is the most important thing right now for DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I mean, he's played on basically, I mean, look, they won some games in Houston. They went to the playoffs yep. with him. Um, but things, you know, didn't finish well. Um, whether it was Billy O'Brien trying to play coach and general manager, whatever happened. You know, when he goes to Arizona, they did have a playoff appearance. Um, you would think that at age 30, with the success he's had, the money that he's made, winning is 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 a priority. And so there's no question he would love to go to Philadelphia as one of the teams. But like I just said, like it's it's a tough fit in Philadelphia right now, especially with the way that they want to win games and the way that they have won games. 
you know, vis-a-vis, you know, the running game. I think there's a chance that he could be reunited with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Now, would that make Amari Cooper happy? <laughs> I mean, you have to consider that. Amari yeah. is the true number one. Yep. He's a great route runner. Would he share the stage with DeAndre to, you know, to win games? Maybe. Maybe not. You know, there's Donovan Peoples-Jones. There's other guys. There's there's Nick Chubb in the run game. The, the, so, but there is a familiarity. There is a success that, you know, Deshaun and DeAndre had in Houston. Um, to me, that might be the most viable place for DeAndre right now. And to your point, though, your original point, does the addition of DeAndre Hopkins help Does Cleveland really win a lot more games because of it? DeAndre would probably say yes. Deshaun would probably say yes, but we don't know. We don't, we don't see that all the time when receivers change hands. The position in this league, you guys know it's Dukes, uh, Carl Dukes, along with Brian Baldinger, that changes the course of your franchise's quarterback. When quarterbacks go places that changes. Yes. But running backs, wide receivers, even tight ends. I mean, you can talk about all these skill positions. It's rare that you get a guy that's that dynamic unless the team is so good and then they, they, they're able to take off. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Baldy, let me ask you about uh, the Jets. I, I saw while I was uh, on vacay <laughs> Aaron Rodgers at Taylor Swift's concert. Um, and I only bring this up to say, who knew, right? I mean, right. I didn't know Aaron Rodgers was a Swifty fan, all right? Yeah. But he's at MetLife. He's, you know, he's living the life. He's he's singing along. And my point is, this guy is enjoying it. He yeah. is enjoying being in New York, going to Nick games when they were in the playoffs, I don't know, Yankee games, whatever. He's going to concerts. He is embracing this. 
And Jets fans are absolutely loving the fact that he has come in and said, hey, I'm going to be a part of this, this community. I'm going to I'm going to embrace you guys. I need you to embrace me. And I think that might be one of the biggest surprises of the offseason. I did not expect this. I thought Aaron Rodgers would say, hey, I'm a Jet. I'm in California. I'm chilling. I'm going to Hawaii for a week or two. I'll see you guys at camp. That's not been the case. Not at all. I was there uh, today. We're, we're taping this on Thursday, June 2nd. I was there. Uh, I'm on Thursday, June 2nd. I'm sorry. What, what day is that? Correct. You're right. Thursday, yeah. June 2nd. Yeah. So I was at the Jets Tuesday, May 31st, spent the day up there. And the Green Bay is Titletown, USA. It's a great place to play football. But you're probably not going to see Taylor Swift. Um, you know, she, she might play Lambeau. I don't know. Sure. Um, yeah. But it's probably not going to happen uh, for her to go to Green Bay. He might see her in Chicago. But there isn't Broadway. There isn't the access to all these other sports. And Aaron Rodgers is a sports fan. And now we know that he's a Swifty fan, not just a Swifty fan. He knows the words of every song. Exactly. <laughs> um, he, does, he, he does. You know, in fact, I saw Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network, and his assignment on Tuesday was to find out what his favorite Taylor Swift song was. Wow. Yeah, just to let you know how slow the offseason is <laughs> at the end of May. Um, and he was kind of laughing about it. I go, what is your assignment today, Mike? He goes, Baldy, I'm supposed to ask Aaron what his favorite Taylor Swift song is, and we're going to run that on our show today. So anyways, but, you know, what was interesting, really, Carl, was just, like, first of all, you got to get used to seeing Aaron Rodgers in a number eight jersey. Okay? It's just odd. I mean, Joe Namath is in the rafters, rightfully so. But, you know, he's wearing number eight, and, you know, he's he's got a little calf strain right now. They're just, you know, protecting him. So he's not really practicing, but he is fully engaged in every drill. I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I remember talking to uh, Nathaniel Hackett a couple weeks ago and he said, go back and watch his 2020 year, 48 touchdown passes. Tell me what you see. So you see a lot of RPO game. You see a lot of stuff with Devontae. Devontae caught 18 touchdown passes and you see some of these routes. So now I'm watching um, Garrett Wilson run some of these routes. And like, I don't know that he can beat Devontae Adams. He's not as big as Devontae. He's not as polished yet as Devontae, but he's skilled, really skilled. So I'm watching Aaron really work with them on running some of these, you know, red zone routes, some of these uh, arrow routes, and he's 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 just involved. And he's involved. I remember when Tom Brady went to the, the Buccaneers in 2021 Super Bowl, 2021 in the training camp, and he was involved as – and he's, he's playing in Tampa Heat, Carl – and he's just with every single receiver after every single throw. And that's what Aaron was. Like, really coaching points, instructions, uh, you know, takeaways. Like, he's there. He's involved. And he's been there every day. And I'm surprised, too, because, you know, you get to this age, you want to enjoy your time off. He came out and said in this recent article, like, I was the MVP of the league, and I didn't, I wasn't involved in the offseason. Like, I, I know how to play the game, but he knows he's got to work with these guys. He's got to work with CJ Ozama and, you know, some of these and the receivers and he was involved with them. And it was really, if you're a jet fan, I mean, that's what, that that's what you want to take away from going up there to the OTAs. We're going to talk a lot about the jets. We've told you guys this on in the huddle, subscribe, like us, make sure you tell your friends don't miss new episodes, guys. 
usually Tuesday and Thursdays, unless there's something going on and Baldy and I jump in. Uh, Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well, as we do it every week. It's all NFL. So the Jets are a team we're going to talk a lot about. I think the other team that we're going to spend a lot of time on between now and, and probably January is, is the Eagles, unless something you know catastrophic happens um, and they go through all these injuries, which we don't hope that for anybody. We want to see the best players on the field, the best teams on the field. But let's talk about the Eagles, because you also had a chance over the last few days to uh, to visit. And I'm just curious what the vibe is. Teams are going through OTAs right now, guys. It's not like training camp. There's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of stuff that guys are working on. It's different. And unless you know specifically what you're looking at, if you were to go to one of these OTA practices, and a lot of teams, they allow their fans to come. You have to kind of know what, what they're looking for and what they're trying to do. So, Baldy, what's going on with the Eagles right now? It's a loaded roster, Carl. It's a loaded <laughs> roster. It really, I think their roster is better now than it was That's Super scary. Bowl Sunday. That's scary. I mean, I, I mean, for example, well, I mean, I mean, first of all, you have to go out there and just admire the way Jalen Hurts goes about his business. Like it is, it is all work. It's all football. There is no. You don't have to coach Jalen Hurts up to deal with the Philadelphia mob, mm-hmm. and I'm and I say that you know tongue in yeah, cheek. I mean, sure. the media is legendary. And I know all the guys out there, but they all have an assignment, Carl, whether it's Comcast, whether it's newspapers, whether it's <laughs> blogging. I mean, they're all there. I mean, and that's one thing about Philadelphia media. They do show up. They're not doing it from their couch. They show up and they ask their questions. Howard asking, you know, I mean, they, but, you know, he, he goes about his business. It's all work. And then you go, you go, just look at the running back position. They picked up DeAndre Swift. I mean, you know, you know Swift from his days at Georgia. I've known him from his days in high school in Philadelphia. Yeah. And we've seen him in Detroit. There's Rashad Penny, Seattle's first-round pick. You know, and then you look at what they have in Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell, you know, and Trey Sermon, who they picked up, who's a third-round pick out of Ohio State by San Francisco. And you go, they got everything you want in the running back room. I mean, they got size. They got speed. They got guys that can catch it. In fact, there was a, a, a period where – uh, it was an empty set. All the running backs were lining up at wide receiver. And you just go, is there a deeper, more talented running back room in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Now, DeAndre has had injury you know, history, and so has Rashad Penny, and that's true. But you just look at their size, their physique, what they bring um, you know, to the table. Kenneth Gainwell was the star running back for the Eagles in the postseason, you know, in and, and a, and a variety of different ways. And then you add – you know, what Jalen Hurts brings to the running game, setting an NFL record for rushing touchdowns last year with 15. I mean, that is a loaded room. There's not any other team that has that kind of depth at running back. And that's just one position. Um, you know, and then you go watch, you know, I tried a chance to talk to Jordan Malata and Landon Dickerson. Um, you know, here's a cute little story, but it's real. I mean, Jordan Malata, was Landon Dickerson's best man in his wedding a couple weeks ago down in North Carolina. Um, and they play on the left side. And you go back and you watch them against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game, against the Giants in the divisional round. You watch them just dominate the line of scrimmage. And one's 24 and one's 26. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're they young and they're talented and they're big. They, they're, they're loaded. And not to mention Jalen, you know, I, Jason Kelsey back there at center and yeah. whatever they do at right guard. And, you know, 
Uh, Lane Johnson wasn't there. He's back in Oklahoma, but he'll be here for mandatory mini camps, all that stuff. I mean, it's that's just on the offensive side of the ball. And there, oh, by the way, there's AJ Brown working like he's a rookie out there on wow. routes and getting open and, you know, all the things that they're doing drill wise. Like, it's an impressive place to go watch a team practice. Let me ask you, Baldy, as we talk about the depth of the Eagles, um, and it is scary to think that you could go from a Super Bowl-caliber team, have, what, 70, 75 sacks, and you go into the next year's camp potentially feeling like, you know, personnel-wise you're better. What impact is Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith going to have? Are they with the depth that they have? Obviously, they're you know, Carter's a first-round pick. But what kind of impact? Because I think going to the Eagles, there's not there's no necessity like we have to get X amount of snaps or sacks or you know quarterback pressures from these guys because the defense is already really good. So I think in this way, and tell me if I'm wrong about it. I see these guys, and this is crazy because again, you're talking about a first round pick and Carter Nolan was the second round pick, but it's bonus. Right, what you're, whatever you're going to get from these guys, because you know what to expect from Fletcher Cox and you know the guys that have been there and already done this with their veteran leadership. I think it's an interesting thing that, as good as those guys are coming in, there's no pressure to be great. Well, that's true. Although Jalen Carter did break a sled, you know, <laughs> on his first day out there, Carl. I have never heard of that. Never heard of a guy breaking a sled. I've been around this game a long time. He broke that's, that's some strength, bro. I don't know which sled he broke, but he broke yeah. a sled. He can hit you. You know, he can move big bodies. <laughs> um, point well taken, Carl. Like, Nicobe Dean is stepping in for T.J. Edwards, who left via free agency to Chicago. Nicobe had very little impact last year, although you got a chance to watch Nicobe Dean at Georgia up close, and you know. And, you know, he is a, he's, he's a natural leader. Uh, he was a leader of that Georgia defense, first national championship. Yes. Um, didn't have, didn't get a chance to get it on the field much last year, but he's, you know, he's walking on the field, you know, with Jordan Davis and Jordan Davis in a second year. I, I said this to maybe the PR guy yesterday in, in Philadelphia. I said, you know, the, the greatest growth most players make in this league is between their first and their second year. After they've kind of figured things out, after they kind of know where they're supposed to be, after they kind of see what Sundays are all about, then they get, then they, 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 they grow. So I, th- I expect that from Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean their second year. But, you know, with, with Nolan Smith and with Jalen Carter, you can say they don't have to be a star today. That's true. you got Fletcher. You've, you know, you, you've got, um, you know, a, a bunch of guys that have been there, done that, um, you know, at this, at this level. Although I think Jalen Carter has a chance to be really good right away. I just do. Um, he – Fletcher and Milton Williams, different guys can line up inside. He doesn't have to start, but I think he will. I just think he's that type of talent. I think he's an elite talent, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't start right away. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, they can start at the ends. Brandon Graham, Nolan yes. Smith can come in in that rotation um, and just contribute wherever he contributes. And as he gets a feel for it, learns a game, uh, understands his role, uh, there is a new defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. And so we'll see what, um, you know, Sean Desir decides to do. But I think he'll be in the rotation. But I think Jalen Carter has a chance to start right away and make an impact. He, he might not put up 10 sacks, but 
um, I think that he's gonna he's gonna be really good right away. And uh, correction, Carter was the ninth pick. Um, Nolan was picked thirty-one, so right. he was still a first-round pick. But I said second round. But remember, the the Eagles had uh, two firsts there, and so they ended up taking both of those guys in the first round. Let's talk about OTAs for a second, Baldy. It's in the huddle, guys. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you each and every week talking all things NFL. I have had this argument for a long time, um, particularly with players, um, not necessarily fans, but players, specifically veteran players, have always told me, Dukes, OTAs, nobody needs it. It's a joke. You don't have to be. Come on. who? And so I've always said, well, if we don't need it, then why do they do it? If we don't need it, let's scrap it and get rid of it and let's worry about training camp. Then you talk to coaches, Baldy, as you do every day. I've talked to them, and this is what I get. They need the time to teach guys. Aaron Rodgers, we just talked about this. He's at camp. He's at OTAs. He's around his guys. He's in a new situation. Does he need to be there? Probably not. But he understands the value of what's going on right now. And I am a big proponent of if you get a new coach, new quarterback, new coordinator, and you have new players – you probably need OTAs. What are the benefits of OTAs for you? Well, I'm with you, Carl. Um, like Lane Johnson isn't there right now, but Lane Johnson's going into his 11th year. He's had the same offensive line coach uh, in Jeff Stoutland for all 10 years he's been there. There's nothing right. that Lane Johnson needs. He's got three kids in Oklahoma. He needs to be with his kids. But but that's an exception. I mean, I see Jalen Hurts out there throwing to DeAndre Swift to Rashad Penny you know, to new guys. And so timing is important. Getting to know guys is important. Um, getting to know new coaches is important. Uh, the Eagles have two new coordinators. It's important to hear their voices. Um, it's in, important to hear them in team drills. Uh, that's all important. Every team is a new team. Kansas City won a Super Bowl. It's a new team. There's, there's, new, there's free agents that have been added. Receivers have been added. Um, there's yes, for the, for large part, I mean, they did lose Eric Bianami, but for the large part, Spags is there. Andy's there, you know, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, but it's, it's important to build camaraderie teamwork, but for the young guys, the drafted rookies, the new young free agents, um, it is important to get into the playbook, to really understand the playbook inside and out, why we line up a certain way, why we motion a certain way. Like understanding the philosophy of what we're doing, why we're doing it. There's not enough time to do it, training camp. You know, no. they're, they're out in the field once a day. Sometimes they're in pads. Most days they're not. Um, there's just limited time to teach. And this is a good time to teach. I Look, you, you can have Nathaniel Hackett put this new offense in, and Garrett Wilson has to learn a second offense in two years. And if you count Ohio State, third different offense in three years. But it's really important to have Aaron Rodgers out there explaining the nuances of the offense and why you do this and why we're putting you in the slot in this formation and why we're attacking the defense this way. Uh, it's invaluable to have Aaron out there doing the explanations to these young kids and letting them absorb it because everybody learns differently. Everybody learns at a different rate. So let them absorb it the way they absorb it, whether it's sometimes it's good to put them in front of the board Sometimes it's good to stand them up in front of the room. Sometimes it's good to put it on the iPad and let them watch it, you know, 50 times. And then sometimes it's good to walk through it and run it and then go, 
on this pivot, like take that extra step, really sell that slant before you come out of the break. Like these are the details that, you know, are the difference between winning a play and losing a play. And you can get a lot of that done in OTAs. Baldy, from an offensive line standpoint, give me give me a little bit here because this is another thing that I'm, I'm a big believer in with these OTAs, mini camp, mandatory mini camp. If that group is together, you got a real shot. And how long does that take where you just talked about the two guys on the Eagles offensive line where I'm thinking like you and you're thinking like me. I know where you're going to be. You know where I'm going to be. The more those guys are together up front, the better chance Jalen has or Daniel Jones, right? Or we can go down the list, Aaron Rodgers. The offensive line, I've always said, I believe needs this because there is a lot of stuff that's going on. And with the calls, and you talked about it, I just want your your take on this because that's the one group. Like defense, you know, you're, you're reading and reacting or you're getting upfield or you're just blowing through guys. Offensive line, man, if that, that group's not together, and that's the group that I think benefits a lot from this stuff that you're talking about with OTAs, minicamp, and mandatory minicamp. So I'll tell you a story, Carl. Back in 1992, I was playing with the Eagles. I was left guard. And I came early in the year. I was someplace else. I came like second week of the season. I had an injury. I, I got inserted left guard. I played next to a guy named Ron Heller, longtime NFL veteran. And um, we went to New Orleans in the first round of the playoffs, wild card weekend. And – the Dome Patrol was the elite group in this league. I mean, there's Ricky Jackson out there, and Saints. you know, I mean, it's it. There, you know, there's Sam Mills, and you know, it's 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 Vic Fangio's coaching them up. And um, we went to the Dome that day, and I I was playing left guard. I didn't hear Randall Cunningham one time the entire day. I didn't hear one play call. It was just it's the Superdome. It's just that loud. It's playoff football. We're getting our butts handed to us in the first half, and we came back and we beat the Saints. And I didn't hear Randall. I didn't hear my left tackle, Ron Heller. But we communicated really good, especially in the second half. We played great football. Was it was um, it hand signals? What it, were you was, doing? It was it was nonverbal. It was silent silent counts. It was looking at Ron going, I'm coming with you on this. Like, it was just that type of thing. And, uh, you know, it's in the huddle, you know, just doing this kind of thing with with Heller going, hey, if, if uh, you know, Frank Warren goes out, I'm going with, you know, with, with him whatever it was. Um, that's just an example. But, you know, I mentioned that Jordan Malad and Landon Dixon, I think they're the best left side um, in, in the football? NFL right now. They're young yeah. kids. But, you know, they they have, in, with less than two years, you know, one guy is the best man at his wedding. You know, you go into Dallas, you know, you're coming out on Monday night. You're going into Kansas City this year on a Monday night. You're coming out of that tunnel in Arrowhead. You're not going to hear a word at Arrowhead on that Monday night. Week 10, the NFL season. It's a payback time for the Super Bowl. Like, you better have this group. You better have a brotherhood and because that's where it starts, protecting your quarterback, finding lanes for your running back. That brotherhood has got to be airtight and strong. they got to know exactly what they're doing. You uh, you know, one mistake, um, Jalen Hurts on his back, the ball's rolling on the ground, you know, and, you know, there goes Chris Jones, you know, picking it up and scooping it and scoring. So, it is the foundation to every team. I look at these games every week, Carl, at almost every play of every team every week. I can tell you the Detroit Lions got a good offensive line. They're fun to watch. They can do a lot of things. One of the reasons why there's optimism in Detroit is because of their offensive line. Yeah. Philadelphia, you know, they got a chance to repeat and get back here because of their play. 
teams that have struggled, teams that have good talent, quarterbacks that just haven't put it all together. You just put point to the offensive line and how dysfunctional they are and how they break down. Can the Miami Dolphins, you know, um, with a line that had a lot of injuries last year, still have question marks about them. I don't care if Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua and all these backs are there. Mike McDonald, you know, Mike McDaniel's calling plays. Is that group good enough, you know, to go win the East? Because that's kind of what they need to be if they're going to go claim that division. Um, I want to ask you about Joe Tipman, center, since we're talking offensive line. I want to ask you about this when we're talking about the Jets. But let, let's go back real quick. Is he going to start? Is he going to be their center? And how good do you think he can be? Because you're talking about the O-line, center and, and Aaron Rodgers, big deal. Is Tipman going to start? So it's interesting. In the pre-draft process, Joe Tipman went to visit the Jets. He sat down a lot, for a long time with the offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, just going through calls, what he called it at Wisconsin, this is what we do with the Jets, and just seeing how he handled just, you know, recognition, blitz looks, fronts, all that kind of stuff. Well, they were so impressed that with the 43rd pick, you know, that was their guy. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, like a lot of quarterbacks, he might be the most important guy, in you know, within the offense is the center because of how much time they spend with them, how much they have to trust how they have to see the, the defense through his eyes. I think Joe Tipman is going to start. I think he's going to be this. There'll be competition. They're not handing him the job. There's guys that are there. Wes Schweitzer's there. There's guys that are there. Wes Schweitzer was a starting center when I saw him uh, on Tuesday. But I think Tipman is going to be that guy because of his intelligence, because of the way that he's he called the signals, that kind of stuff. Uh, I expect him to be the guy in the pivot to start the season. All right, last thing, Baldy, before we get out of here today. Again, subscribe, guys, in the huddle. Like us, tell your friends, and don't miss new episodes as we go through the offseason. Lots of stuff going on. The NFL never stops. You guys know that. Tom Brady came out and said, I'm not playing. I'm done. He said it. We want to believe it, but I don't think most people believe it. And I know he's involved in these business adventures with, you know, becoming a minority partner with the Raiders. I think he owns part of the WNBA team there with the Los Angeles or the uh, the Vegas uh, team there. Um, I guess, you know, I want to believe him, but then there's this, just this little part of me. And I know he's got the TV contract and stuff that, that's looming, that he's going to be on Fox. But he came out again and, and said, listen, I'm not coming back. I'm not playing. Um, and I just, you know, yesterday we were talking about this a little bit on my show, and I was like, I want to believe him. But, you know, for me, it's going to be like Baldy three years in the booth. And then I'll be like, Tom Brady's not coming back. You know what I mean? Well, right I'll now, tell you, I, I just, just a little bit. It's hard. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a story. And I don't think Troy Aikman would mind me telling the story because I think he's told it publicly as well. But um, one year, I forget, Donovan McNabb, you know, broke his leg um, in Philadelphia. and uh, Or he had he had the sports hernia, whatever it was. He, he got injured. And uh, Andy Reid and, and Troy Aikman was in the booth. He was working for Fox. Uh, I don't think he was the number one guy at the time. I think he was working with Chris Collinsworth or whatever. And um, Andy Reid called Troy. Hey, you want to come out of the booth? <laughs> and Troy Aikman, it, it, it kind of, it, it, it flattered Troy. And he could seriously considered it. Now, Troy had real bad problems with his back at the end of his career. Yeah. He was 34 years old, I believe, when he retired.
but he gave it serious consideration. He didn't just say no. He he really thought about it. And then he eventually said no. If something happens to Jimmy Garoppolo, it could be week one, week two, week three. And Josh McDaniels picks up the phone mm. and says, uh, hey, Tom, like Jimmy's Jimmy's done for six weeks. Jimmy's done. Whatever. If that would happen and he gets that phone call, I think he's going to play. Like, I'm not – I don't have any insight to any of that. I'm just saying I'm throwing a scenario out there. Yeah, yeah. The, way the scenario was thrown out to Troy Aikman, and Troy had to make a decision from the head coach. And it was difficult because it was a good team. He could keep playing. Um, he didn't mind going to, you know, I mean, it's Philadelphia's cheap rivals, Dallas, all that stuff. Um, chance to, I, I believe, I believe Tom right now until I don't believe him. And that's what it would be. It'd be a phone call from Josh McDaniels. Hey, we got a situation here. Um, we could sure use you. Devontae wouldn't mind having you throw him the ball. Um, we had the, the, the league's leading rusher, Josh, you know, Josh Jacobs behind yeah. you. Yeah. Pretty good offense line here, Tom. What do you think? Be hard to say no, I think. I'm with you. We're on the same page there. I just yeah. I, I know everybody wants to believe, and he's saying it publicly, but eh, the door is open. Baldy, as always, man, enjoy it. We're yeah. back at you guys next week. Make sure you subscribe in the huddle. You can get it wherever you get your podcast, and especially on the Odyssey app, guys. Make sure you download it. It's absolutely free. Baldy, man, have a great weekend. We'll talk next week. Things are uh, starting to get, you know, yeah. uh, ramped up a little bit with OTAs and teams doing their their drills and all the things that they're doing. And uh, next week, <clears throat> I will have some more insight into a team that I think is going to be on the come, and that's the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. simply because I have a chance to sit down with Arthur Smith next week. And we'll share some of that with you guys because uh, a lot of people now nationally are starting to talk about this team and what the potential might be. So mm-hmm. we'll get into that and a lot more, man. Make sure you're here. We'll get into all things NFL. Baldy, have a great weekend. Okay. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for being here, guys. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.